Oh, the weather outside is frightful. 12 below is not delightful. Uh, welcome to episode 36, Moon, Pea Jug, and Hobbs. Uh, we are in the grips of a little cold snap here in Minnesota. We hadn't had any snow. A couple of days ago, our yards were green. Now they're buried. So I had to get my plow guy to come take care of my driveway and all that. Uh, and then uh, the wind's been pretty nasty, but uh, I don't ever leave the house, so I have no worries. I send P Jug. P Jug's here. P Jug is here, and she's wearing a tank top. Do you get cold wearing a tank top? No, not usually. Well, and I don't really look good in a tank top. And then Hobbs is here. Hobbs, how you been? I am quarantined. My fella, we found out officially this morning, got positive for COVID. So, any symptoms? Yeah, he came over Friday night and it, like worked all day. And he's like, God, I just feel kind of beat up and really tired, you know, which mm -hmm. it's Friday, of course. And he works construction and was outside by midnight. He's sweating to death and all that stuff. And we were hoping it was just the flu because he's fully vaccinated. Went in Sunday night to the uh, urgent care because it was just awful. But the fever never got above 100. So it was like, mm, it could be the flu. I don't know. So I'm quarantining, even though I've been fully vaccinated. So I'm I'm being a good neighbor, you know. Did they give him monoclonal antibodies? They didn't give him anything like that, I don't think. Because I have some for sale. Ah, <laughs> why do you why do you have a black market on stuff we need? That's perfect for you. That absolutely makes sense that you would start like another like another socioeconomic stream for yourself. Well, yeah. it's always weird because, you know, with all of my physical maladies, you know, I'm prescribed a lot of medications yes. and my friends always seem to call me, hey, you got any pain meds? It's like, <laughs> no, I don't have any pain meds. And if I do, I'm keeping them for myself. <laughs> but I've right? got monoclonal antibodies. <laughs> like I was kidding. I'm I wish I could get my hands on some because I just leave them out with a, a nice glass of milk and a cookie. Uh, and then if I ever thought I had COVID, I'd pound my monoclonal antibodies. And if I had to pick a cookie, I would pick a snickerdoodle. You know that my snickerdoodle addiction is alive and well. There was a time when we were working at KS95 when, uh, I don't know, it must have been 2016, something like that. Uh, we were having a snack attack and we wanted cookies. And so we started looking around. After some searching, we ended up finding a cookie called the T-Rex cookie. They're monstrous, right? Some of them, I believe, are like five pounds. And there were only three of us in the studio. And we weren't supposed to be in the studio anyway. But I thought, <laughs> well, you know, we'll, we'll knock off about four pounds. I'll take the rest home. <laughs> right. right so anyway we get the cookies and they're fantastic and then we're thinking whose idea was it to make these ginormous cookies we got to find that person because there's a story to tell so then as we look around on the website and ask some people and do our due diligence we found tina rexing and she is the person who launched these T-Rex cookies, these monstrous cookies that have not gotten worse with quantity size. They've gotten better. So first of all, Tina, thank you for joining us on the show. Uh, you got a lot of stuff that we want to know. Uh, first of all, you're in Egan right now. Is that where your corporate headquarters are? 
Yes, I'm in Egan. I just live two miles from my shop here. And yeah, actually, I have my 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 cookie elves next door baking about 5,000 cookies this week. It, we are in the throes of cookie peak season. Was there a Christmas crack cookie? Yes, that just rolled out yesterday. It is, um, I don't know if you know the Christmas crack um, bar, which basically is English toffee with some chocolate and some saltines. And so we throw all that into a cookie dough and we have a Christmas crack cookie. Wow. Can you make a cookie that has zero calories? Is that possible? It wouldn't be any good. (laughs) I have to bring you some of my snickerdoodles. Those are my favorite cookie actually, because I don't actually like chocolate. And so snickerdoodle is uh, the cookie I eat when I eat cookies. My mom used to make cookies all the time. And we, that was our treat, man. If we weren't in trouble, we got cookies and that was a big deal. And it's still a big deal. I kind of reward myself still to this day, but did that start in your family when you were a kid and then you just kept going? No, actually I'm Filipino. And so the, the desserts that we eat growing up as Filipinos are completely different. Um, so cookies were not, never like the after school treat. Ours was, uh, mangoes and pineapples and very like Asian-y looking things. And our, Desserts are really not that sweet. So I remember, you know, a dessert in my house would be a canned corn in a glass of milk with ice. And also like avocados for me were never like guacamole is so disgusting to me. (laughs) But um, avocados growing up were always a dessert. So we would take avocados and smash them up and pour sugar over the top of it and milk. So that was our dessert. So my first job when I was 15 years old was at the Old Country Buffet. I was the weekend baker where we would learn how to bake things from scratch. From there on, I basically learned how to use commercial equipment to bake cookies, but I actually started competing in baking. That's kind of like how I got my start in baking was I would compete at the Minnesota State Fair. Well, if you take a look at the successful uh, venues at the Minnesota State Fair, wouldn't you say that Sweet Martha's Cookies probably is the most successful, if not very, very close? It's been there forever. And you get this you know, tub full of probably, I don't know, two dozen cookies or more. They're all hot and gooey and uh, really, really good. So did you have to ever compete against Sweet Martha somewhere? No, there's a difference between Sweet Martha being able to sell her product there. What I was doing was like in the creative activities building where you see like the the walls of people competing with jam and pickles, I would bring in like baked goods and I'd compete with the Marjorie Johnsons of the world. I have applied to, to sell my product at the Minnesota state fair, but rumor has it sweet Martha has a a lock on that. And I don't think I'll ever be able to bring my cookies into the Minnesota state fair. Unfortunately, we need Martha to have a scandal. She's not sweet. She wrote some awful things on Twitter. I'm just saying. I thought I could battle her on that on that battleground, but you know, I'll take her on in the grocery section instead. Um, so that's kind of like how I started competing. What was nice about it, I used to have a job in corporate. So before the actual competitions, I would actually test all my my baked goods on on my customer, my clients, I guess you can call them, and my um my coworkers. So I would make them eat cookies and other baked goods for for weeks before competition to make sure I have my recipes right. What does it cost to make 12 cookies or 13 a baker's dozen? And depends on size. 
<laughs> oh, dude, I guess that's right because I forget you are your your cookies are distorted. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yeah, size matters. I always say that, and I, I'm talking yeah, about does. cookies. Um, so all my cookies are half a pound. So you can buy them online. Uh, for you get five of them online, and we ship around the country, and they're sixty dollars. Um, that includes shipping, but locally it's a little bit cheaper if you're in the metro area. But now, isn't it true that you had to expand and kind of uh, change your business model because of COVID? Oh, definitely. Because right before COVID, on March 1st of 2020, I actually opened a se my second location. So I have a location in Egan, and I opened a second location March 1st in Ridgedale Mall, in a shopping mall of all places. Um, and March 14th, I closed. COVID was kicking in. Nobody was going to malls. Nobody was going anywhere. No. And then even when we reopened in July, I mean, the, no one would go into the malls. Um, so what I thought was a really good idea <laughs> at the start of 2020 turned out not to be an awesome idea. So, you know, we did the whole pivot, the COVID pivot thing. And I started testing my cookie dough on everyday people to see if you could bake a half pound cookie in your own oven at home. So earlier this year, we launched into grocery stores. I know Target's one of them. Hy-Vee's another one. And Kowalski's. I think it's all Kowalski's. I mean, if you go to the website, which I've already been all over because I'm looking for cookies, you know that. Yeah. Uh, so I look and then I start seeing all of these media appearances of yours. You've been on Twin Cities Live. Do you know that Hobbs and I used to work there at Hubbard Broadcasting? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we know uh, all the people on Twin Cities Live. Elizabeth actually was there before I was. I think Elizabeth Reese was at Hubbard before I was. And that's how long she's been there. Okay. And then I went through the John Hansen hosting. I went through the Chris Eggert once in a while hosting. I went through the longer Steve Patterson run. And that just wrapped up. And in case you haven't heard, our friend Steve Patterson uh, is in a plane uh, right now, probably returning from a little thing in New York City with Kelly Ripa and Ryan Seacrest. Uh, mm. You know, there were some features that Steve did for them. You know, then all of a sudden there comes this announcement on My Talk 1071 that Steve's exiting Twin Cities Live and he does it on Channel 5 uh, Eyewitness News. And we're thinking he's going to work for Kelly and Ryan Seacrest. How much you want to bet? You've never been on Kelly and Ryan, have you? No, but I've been on uh, the Today Show. You've been on the Today Show. Well, we're going to talk about that here in a second. Yeah. Would you like to be on with Kelly and Ryan? Because we're going of to course. see this through. I think it would be fantastic. Cookies for everyone if Tina can make it on to Kelly and Ryan. <laughs> All right. You heard it here. You heard so, it here. This We're now starting a global movement to get <laughs> T-Rex cookies on Kelly and Ryan's show. And then tell us about being on the, the other network. Tell us what that was like. How did that even happen? Well, I started selling cookies. I started the company in 2015, um, just selling at the farmer's markets, just slinging cookies with my parents at the farmer's market after quitting my 20-year corporate job. Um, so that's what I how I started. And then eight months later, I had a nice following of Facebook people. 
uh, volunteer me to get to, to go to the Today Show. And they had called me. It was almost a year ago, actually. They called me and said, hey, would you like to be on the Today Show? And of course, you say yes. Hello. Yeah. yeah, I had to change gears after that. That was kind of crazy. Isn't it insane the power that the networks have with that kind of global reach can virtually change a business? Yeah, for the good and the bad. So, it's you know, it goes both ways. So you're when you're going on, you have to make sure you don't say anything stupid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that that reminds me of like my experience with Shark Tank. But we can talk about that later. Um, but, yeah, that was a that was my very first TV appearance ever was on the Today Show. So when wow. I'm actually heading out tomorrow to to do a, a morning spot on in Green Bay, Wisconsin, because we just launched into all the festival foods in Wisconsin. Yeah. So you're not going to um, make green and gold cookies, though. You can't. My cookies will be at the game tomorrow at the Viking Stadium. So. OK. All right. You know. All right. All right. All right. But make ours better. <laughs> yeah. Actually, my Today Show appearance um, caught the attention of the people at the stadium. Um, so when they first opened the stadium in 2016, I was asked to be a vendor there. Um, and I've actually, I think I'm one of the original vendors that is still at the stadium since opening. So now I'm, uh, my cookies are sold in three clubs and I have a kiosk on the third level. I actually don't like football all that much. So I go to, I sell cookies and I don't really watch. I don't even know who's playing half the time, but um, my cookies are also at the target center, which I do like basketball. So, you know, when every once in a while I'll go to a basketball game and, and see my cookies being sold there. It's great. Described as the person that buys a five pound cookie. Who is that person? Well, the five pounders go to a lot of parties and weddings. So that is like the, my biggest cookie I make. My smallest cookie is a half a pound. So I want to say my core clients or core customers are really like families who want to share cookies because, you know, cupcakes are great and shit, but, um, can't really share a cupcake, really. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you know this, but I do. Well, you know that I do my bitter baker thing. And Tina yeah. let me do one live using her kitchen in Egan. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was a couple. Well, it was, it was a couple years ago now. Yeah. We were drinking oh. wine and we came up with a great idea. Live. Nice. And now I'm doing it live, but I'm doing it at home. And Jesus, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard but you made an amazing five pound penis shaped cookie i did it was great <laughs> it was impressive yeah it was very and the, and the sprinkles really added something little texture a little layer you yeah. know you, like you have to understand commercial kitchen is so much different like i mean the thing the vat like is like this i mean like the the beaters are like this big like it's it's a whole nother level you might be a master of your kitchen but trying to go into a commercial one Right now, we can make about 600 cookies every half hour, which wow. is a huge step from when I first started in a little baby, baby commercial kitchen where I could only make like 24 cookies every 20 minutes, which was awful. Um, but now I can actually say yes to orders of like a thousand or more and not even like think about it. Yeah, that's got to be a huge walk in oven. After you're done using it, you want to get some new equipment. You can sell those <laughs> walk ins to me and I'll use them for cremation. Oh, no. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you why is because you know the cremation society of Minnesota has yet to call me back. Oh my god, again with They these were guys. supposed to be on this podcast 
And I told Dave Dahl, I said, you do their commercials. Dave, hook, hook a brother up, right? Dave Dahl does their commercials. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. funny story. Do you know that Dave Dahl was my, my husband's doubles partner in tennis? And his ex-wife, Kathy, was my doubles partner. He's had a few wives. Yeah. <laughs> like you do. I mean, he's a meteorologist. He goes where the wind blows. So are you married? <laughs> you have kids? Or you, what's your deal? Yes, I'm married. Um, been married for 21 years. I have two kids. My oldest is 20 and my youngest is 17. And both of them actually are next door slinging cookies working for me right now. Um, yeah, my husband, he was not a big T-Rex cookie fan when I first started this company because I quit my real job, my real job um, in IT uh, to, to do this. So when I was when I launched this company, he thought I was like going through a midlife crisis. I told him after six months, I'm like, e you're either with me or with, or you're not. And if you're not, I'm going to take half your salary and the children. So you might as well jump on board. So how did you guys meet? I mean, because that's both of you pretty nerdy. We are nerdy, but he's a data scientist and I my background's in data analytics and IT. And so we met at the airline, if you remember Northwest Airlines way back sure. when. Oh, yeah. um, so he's still he's still with the airlines and um, still doing nerdy stuff. And I decided to branch off and do something supposedly more fun. At some point, you just have to kind of go with the flow because and that's a, I mentor a lot of small businesses and just to let them know, I'm like, be careful what you wish for, because if you really want to get big, you have to be able to grow with the company. And that's basically what I'm doing right now. Um, if I could go back to slinging cookies with my parents at farmer's markets, I totally would. The map I have behind me for your listeners is basically everywhere. There's a pin everywhere I ship T-Rex cookies around the country. And then because I'm a nerd, data analytics nerd, I have my listener data for my podcasts of where people are listening to me. And then I squish it together with where I'm shipping my cookies. And then that's where I'm targeting grocery stores for my, my next move. So my next move, based on the data, is going to be in the Ohio area because I ship a lot of cookies in mid-America. And I have a lot of listeners for some reason in Ohio. So... That's where I'm going to plan my next move. Okay, so now what we got to figure out is how do we find out how many people listen to this podcast? And because here's the thing, we're on the Tom Bernard network and we know we have around maybe 2000 downloads a week, but because you don't have to download to listen to this thing, you can just click play on Spotify or everything else. How is there a way for us to figure this out? Yeah, there is totally a way. So you have to ask Tom if you're paying him a lot of money to post your podcast, ask for the data, and then maybe I won't even charge you. Let me take a look at it and I can do some analysis for you. I basically have no life between now and or after Thanksgiving until New Year's. And I'm is there a slow time of the year? Well, starting January, February, March, it's going to be a little bit slow, but th at that time, I'm ramping up into getting into more grocery stores. Um, so we'll see how things go, you know? How about storefronts and like franchising? Are you doing that too? You know, funny you say that. When I went to Shark Tank, that was my pitch to them was a franchise model. And the more I think about it, the more that was a really stupid idea because storefronts retail is, you're just asking for more problems because your overhead with people and rent and hiring is just to so hard. So, you know, the, the crumble cookie franchise that's out mm -hmm. 
that's taking over Minnesota, um, they're having a hard time staffing. So anytime you have like franchise ideas or storefronts like that, it's tough. Is there something weird uh, that you can tell us about the cookie business that nobody else would know? In terms of like the, uh, I call them the Karens I run into. (laughs) (laughs) Because one of the things I don't do is I don't do gluten-free um, because that's the real hot thing, right? Everyone mm-hmm. wants you to do a gluten-free cookie, mm-hmm. but in all honesty, it's hard to do a gluten-free cookie that tastes good. I don't do those at all because I'm not good at it. Plus it's super expensive. So like a half pound gluten-free cookie, which, you know, I sell cookies, they retail in my shop for $5. Um, a gluten-free cookie that size would at least have to go for 10. There's a couple of really good gluten-free slash vegan bakers in town um, and good for them for doing it. Um, Sift Gluten-Free is one of them. We grew up together in the same commercial kitchen before we grew up and moved out. Um, She used a lot of coconut oil instead of instead of butter and she used applesauce instead of eggs. But that's just not fun for me. Mm. Let's go back to something you said earlier about Shark Tank. Yeah. Uh, tell, Tell me all about that. I had in a drunken stupor applied to go onto Shark Tank online in 2018, like October 2018. I had a one too many Manhattans and I went online and I and I oh, filled out the form and I and I completely forgot until July and I got a phone call from the producer saying, hey, would you be interested in applying further for season 11? I'm like, sure. Um, of course I had forgotten what I was, had applied for. I said, what is this for? And she's like, oh, it's Shark Tank. Uh, I'm like, shit. Um, so they said, well, if you are interested, send us a 10 minute demo pitch reel and send it to us and then fill out this 25 page form. And then I sent it to them thinking I would never hear back. And then three days later, they're like, oh, we like you. So fill out this 50 page form, um, which is basically... Uh, a personality in, you know, inventory. Plus they may, they want to make sure you're not crazy. They flew me out at some point. Cause I applied out of 10,000 people. They flew out 80 people to go film it. And then they'll wow. air anywhere between 60 to 70 of them. So I filmed, but I wasn't aired. Um, unfortunately, cause actually I found out my episode was supposed to air the week COVID hit the United States. <laughs> I had found out two weeks before my show was going to um, film that the shark I wanted to work with wasn't going to be there. Barbara, who has short hair, she likes to invest in food companies. Um, Mm -hmm. So she wasn't going to be there. So my my strategy had to change uh, into try to sound as nice as possible so they can't edit it to make you look stupid. So I went out there, sounded as nice as possible, tried to pitch a a franchise, um, which, you know, at some point my heart wasn't in it anymore. Um, but I tried to just sound nice and have them say nice things about the cookies. And I got to, it was a really, really good experience, actually. Um, I always tell people when who are applying to Shark Tank, is it's like taking your small business, dumping all the shit on the ground like a junk drawer and kind of sorting through all of it. Because you can't get on that show without knowing what all your financial numbers are. Yeah. And if you don't want know what your numbers are, they're going to make you look stupid. I so, do. No so way. it's basically they, you film and it's a 45 minute filming that they edit down to seven minutes. So that entire time you're thinking, don't say anything dumb <laughs> that they could possibly edit to make you look stupid. 
and see for this podcast, we want you to sound dumb, right? <laughs> the dumber the better. We edit dumb stuff in, right? <laughs> Most people edit dumb stuff out. <laughs> no, it so, was a really it was a really good experience. Mr. Wonderful is actually not as nice and not, not as mean as they make him out to be. I've heard he's pretty cool. He's just he's very direct and that he's really tired of people coming up to him in the John and like pitching him a, a business. And he's like, yeah. uh, again, business rules apply. If I've got my dick out, please don't talk to me about. Well, depends on what, what your business is, I suppose. I, <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's applicable to everybody. Yes. <laughs> so do you know if any famous people have ordered cookies? Oh, yes. Yeah, great question. So I have had cookies go to Chrissy Teigen. Nice. Shut up. Yeah, so Chrissy yeah. Teigen had it on her Insta story, and I didn't even know about it. I had my, some of my followers freaked out. Um, Hank Green, I don't know if you know him from uh, YouTube. And then TikTok, I don't know if you guys are TikTokers. That's the new hot thing now. Yeah. Um, my baker of the month, his name is actually, well, he goes by Bentelect. He's got 9.1 million followers on TikTok, and he's been to the shop and he is selling his cookies. His flavor is um, is red velvet cheesecake for the month. Ooh. So, yeah. That sounds really good. I think Chrissy Teigen has to be my most popular person that has shared my cookies publicly. It's weird because I met John Legend before John Legend popped at another radio station. And what a lovely guy. And I always love Chrissy Teigen. So the fact that she is like, I always feel like she's like one of the realest people in Hollywood. So the fact that that happened is awesome. But would you be willing to do, you know how like sometimes um, like in Greece and all that stuff, they would, they would, you know, like they would contract someone to like sculpt something, you know, or like create something. Could we get a, a cookie in this podcast likeness or name or, or namesake? What's the name of this podcast, by the way? Is it the Moon Pea Jug and Hobbs? Yeah, we can do that. What flavor would it be? Well, we can't take Snickerdoodle. Can we do something with spice? We That's have a Mexican hot chocolate cookie, which is chocolate, cinnamon, cayenne. Um, we've also done uh, we done a corn elote cookie before. What I love elotes. Yeah, okay. and then we've done a, we've done a dill pickle cookie before for the Bloody Mary festival. So we oh, can yeah. think out of the box. Yeah, let's completely think out of the box. This has to stick. This has to go global. Now, P-Jug is more of a cook than a baker. I mean, you bake a little too, but. P-Jug here. Um, so, Tina, I've seen your cookies everywhere, and I've bought them. My husband doesn't know. I have my own stash. And I, I see them at Ace Hardware. Your Lakeville Hy-Vee has them in the bakery. I don't go there as much, but I am at Ace quite a bit. So. You can get them at Ace Hardware. That seems like this seems like a drug deal. Like I'm no. going to meet you at Ace Hardware. <laughs> no, um, actually, I'm really good friends with the owner of the Ace Hardware, and so he just decided to like let's just bring cookies to the Ace Hardware and see if people will sell them or people will buy them, and they do. Now, here's something that I always wanted to know. You know, there was a company called Krispy Kreme. Mm-hmm. Okay, and when Krispy Kreme came out, I'm sure it started small in somebody's kitchen. And the next thing you know, boom, that thing's blowing up and there's franchises everywhere. And I remember the one in Lakeville. We used to go before it would open and we'd wait in line with 50 other people because we wanted to be the first one in line to get the, you know, rolling right out of the oven, Krispy Kreme donuts. Right. Well, the next thing you know, 
you start seeing them in gas stations and you start seeing them in grocery stores and you know so but the quality wasn't the same mm-hmm. and and how do you have to you know fight that off cuz i mean that's a lot of work it's it's been a challenge especially as we get into the high v's because the bakeries at the high v's are actually baking my cookies and selling them Oh, they are. Um, so we sell them the dough. They bake them according to my specs, of, if they follow the directions. Um, but keeping quality control has been really a challenge. And that's the biggest thing for a small business is you're in order to scale, you need to let go of control. Mm-hmm. Um, but my big thing is how do I incent those people not to fuck it up? Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, 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 okay. no, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> that's right. Pay attention. So for, for example, I had like a high V, I'm not going to say which one, burn all the cookies and they tried to sell them as a burnt oh. cookie. And part of it is they don't know what a T-Rex cookie is supposed to taste like. And so I would bring them, this is what it's supposed to look like. This is what it's supposed to taste like. Please don't screw it up. Um, it's tough. It's tough. Um, quality control is always going to be an, an issue as you scale and get bigger. I know this for me. Uh, we love the High V Bakery. Uh, they got good stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm sure your cookies are in pretty good hands there. In uh, the Lakeville one, yes. Only because yeah. I live very close by and they know I can stop by and harass them at any time. <laughs> do you? When do I that, was going like, to go, but do you, I, I would, I would jump in and just act like I was from corporate, wouldn't you, Moon? Like you would just drop in. Just oh yeah, just in. drop in. Yeah, like your secret shop. Quality shopper. control. I just need to have yeah. four yeah. or five yeah. of these to make sure you're doing yeah. it. Right. I mean, secret shopper, definitely. But you know what? It, as a small business, if you're growing and then you aren't ready to give that kind of control away to to people, then you, maybe you're just not ready to grow. As of March 2022. Medical marijuana patients in Minnesota will be able to buy the plant. We've never had access to the plant. We've only had oils, pills, stuff like that. So now uh, with your baking experience, can you imagine what some (laughs) can of butter might do in a commercial uh, kitchen? Funny thing you say that because actually people have asked me to. It's huge now. Yeah. Here's the thing. I. My science, I'm really good at data analytics, but my science and chemistry backgrounds and all that, that great. And I'm finding in my, in my experimental phase of my life that you use a ton of that stuff to get just a little bit of butter. So I would rather smoke it. <laughs> Plus, uh, edibles, what I'm, my plan is, let's just hypothetically say that it's legal and there's a dispensary in like, oh, I don't know, Uptown or, you know, the hipster North Loop. I would just put a bakery next to it. Yeah. 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 Don't, don't, do bother. don't, don't bother yeah. with the overhead. Just get the benefits of everybody going and getting their gummies. I cannot do edibles. Am I, I'm so not patient. You have to wait like an hour, right? For right. me, I had like, that's going to be in my standup routine. My, the day I had one too many edibles and I smoked a bowl because I was so impatient and I ended up like in a fetal position on the floor <laughs> watching the series finale of game of thrones and i couldn't remember <laughs> what happened so i had to watch it again the next morning <laughs> <laughs> edibles will be legal here uh, in august of 2022 give us your website give us uh places you can get the cookies we already know viking stadium has them 
So yeah, my website is uh, www.trexcookie.com. That's singular, trexcookie.com. And there's a map on there where you can see where you can buy dough. Where I'm in over 50 restaurants also throughout this, the metro, um, as well as grocery stores. And then Wisconsin, if those people was listening in Wisconsin, we're going to be in all the festival foods, as well as a bunch of other independent grocery stores. We're big in Wisconsin. Yep. And I'm, I have my sights set on Kroger, and we hopefully launch into Cup Foods here in yeah. the Twin Cities in February. So, yes, taking over the cookie world one grocery store at a time. It's time to end the podcast. It's time to shut off the mics. It's time to end the podcast and get a thousand likes. You need to share this podcast with friends in cars or bikes. It's time to end the podcast and get a thousand likes. Why do you always listen? I guess we'll never know. A fat guy in a wheelchair. What the f*** does he know? It's time to end the podcast. It's time to get some likes. Go to your computer, type it in, and you're going to win. We are out of lyrics in Boopie Jug and Hobbs. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. Let's put this show out of its misery. Ha, 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 ha.